This episode of Songs and Stories is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up for a 14-day trial and get a free download book just by checking it out by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories. Listen for details in this episode of Songs and Stories, which starts right now. Hey there, welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories episode number 90 we're up to now. Part two of my two-part chat with Santa Cruz, California-based singer-songwriter Sherrod Allen. And as you might recall from the last episode, number 89, these go in sequence so we can all keep track of them. (laughs) Uh, Sharon gave us her story of her musical journey out west and how she ended up in California, sang with the Firebirds, met Sherry Austin, became part of her band, and... uh, has recently released her own debut CD called Along the Way, which we heard a little bit of from the CD in the last episode. And now we're going to hear a couple of songs live. I also wanted to remind you that uh, we'll get right into, the, right into the playing of the interview this time, but uh, Sharon is on the bill along with me, I just found out, at the Redwood Mountain Fair in Felton, California on June 5th. So if you want to find out about that, you can go to Sharon-Allen.com, MichaelGaither.com, or you can go to RedwoodMountainFair.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, The Redwood Mountain Fair was a festival that was kind of a, I mean, not, not a local institution, but it went on for years and years up in Ben Lomond, California. It was a big two-day music arts and crafts festival kind of plopped at the beginning of summer, and they've brought it back, and this is the first one, so they're hoping for a good turnout so they can keep doing this. So that's the Redwood Mountain Fair. Also, I mentioned um, the the sponsor I'm trying out now, Audible.com, a fine purveyor of online downloadable books. And they're offering this special deal for Songs and Stories listeners. If you go to um, audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories you can sign up for a 14-day trial get a free download book and even if you cancel within the 14 days you still keep the book so that's kind of cool and it kind of helps support the podcast and doesn't cost you anything so if you want to check it out if nothing else go browse their site and to kind of keep this tied in with the artist i talked to sharon and her recommendation for this episode is a book called appropriately enough the book thief which you can find on audible.com so uh Check out The Book Thief. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash stories and have a look around while you're listening to this if you're online as you are listening to this. So getting back to Sharon, the new city is called Along the Way. And at the end of the last episode, she was talking about one of the first songs she wrote, which is I think the first song of hers that we heard live in the story in the last episode, if you haven't heard it, was we were all up at the Strawberry Music Festival at the Breakfast Club, which is kind of a... They, they run kind of an open mic sort of thing that's broadcast over radio, and you play for your breakfast, and it's a lot of fun, and, and everybody hears it. And, um, and Sharon went up on stage and just started talking about this song, Jared's song that she wrote, and my wife, Cindy, and I both looked over and said, wow, Sharon's writing songs, and it's a beautiful song. So we're going to hear Jared's songs. We're going to hear a cover of Billy Joe Shaver's Live Forever, which was actually co-written with his son, Eddie Shaver. So let's get back to it. Here's uh, a little bit more of, as Sherry Austin called her, Santa Cruz's own Emmy Lou Harris, better known to us as Sharon Allen. Let's make sure that I am recording. Yeah. I 
think the song Jared song is the first song, original we heard you play, and I think that was really? Strawberry at Breakfast Club. <gasps> That's right. Because you said, I'm a mom, I wrote this song for my son. Sweet. And we were sitting there going, Jared wrote a song. <laughs> so let's hear Jared's song. Okay. That's a beautiful song. 
Oh, thank you. I'm sure he likes it, too. He likes it. Yeah. He likes it. Were you wanting to play the drums or sing along? <laughs> what, what can I get? I need to get my guitar. Is there a shaker or something? <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful song. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those that just kind of came through. Yeah. So, going back, I mean, what would you call some lessons learned on this first CD? The first Sharon Allen CD? What were some of the things you learned doing it? I Lessons learned. Because it sounds like you really came at it with you really knew the songs you wanted to record because you've been playing them for a long time. It was kind of time to not let them go, but kind of document them and sort of start doing new stuff. But it's your, it's your debut CD, but it's a band CD, and you brought in some few other instruments to kind of... I'm actually up. so happy with the entire process. Yeah. Uh, the song selection, uh, how we recorded, how long it took us. Uh, how long was I, that? We went in October 28th of 2008, mm -hmm. and I was finished, we were finished recording in late uh, March, April, mixing April, mm -hmm. May, and sent it off for production, uh, I believe June 1st, mm -hmm. had the CD back the day before the Kate Wolf Festival oh, right. on the 25th of June. That was a key date to have those in That here. was key. And I had gone back east for a family reunion mm -hmm. and uh, had been going through some uh, family stuff that was very, very stressful. Mm. And uh, good to say that it, it's over, but uh, after making the CD, recording it, and going through the mixing and then the art and... You know, really when you're going through the process, you're so focused on, okay, first we have the songs. How are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of discussion. Then you go in and do the basic tracks. And we were there for two days with Sherry and Lisa and Jimmy and I mm -hmm. and recorded uh, 10 songs in two days, which I was really happy with. Nice. And we did a live performance. So it was, if one person messed up, we were going to start over again. Uh -huh. So we probably... I like that idea. Yeah. We did. So it wasn't pieced together digitally. It yeah, yeah, we really wanted that that feel to stay yeah. there. And uh, Dave Gordon and Jimmy were big proponents of that. Mm -hmm. So we probably did uh, "Dancing on the Horizon" was the toughest. Mm -hmm. uh, we did seven tracks, seven takes of that song. "Live Forever," I believe we did four. Mm -hmm. Jared's song, four. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, there were four or five takes yeah. of the song because you could just kill it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, we're going to do it again. You can overdo it and overdo it. And then you just lose that feel. Mm -hmm. So I was really happy with the start of it. Yeah. And walking in the door with uh, Dave Gordon, mm -hmm. engineering, uh, Jimmy Norris mm -hmm. with the production, I was already in good hands. Yeah. I knew that when I walked in the door... I already knew to trust Jimmy, mm -hmm. and when you make that decision, because I really found that when you're in the studio and, and there's so much that goes on, yeah. and it gets so tiring and so intense. And it's stressful because these are your it's, songs and your record. You know? It's stressful, it's, it's you're, you're on a time schedule, you're on budget constraints. Yeah. And you really want everyone to come in and do the best that they can in a short period of time and not waste the time. And 
And so my goal was to go into the studio with an uplifting attitude and energy around everyone. Mm. That was very important for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want any squabbling or uh, negative mm -hmm. vibes. Yeah. And so it, it worked that way. We trusting Jenny mm -hmm. and knowing to defer to some of the decisions that had to be made, although we would go home and discuss it really took us down a smooth road. Uh, one thing I learned was he would uh, push me on, why don't you like that? Why don't you like those vocals? Why don't you like that take? What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. And it really made me sit down and examine the whys and the what yeah. of my voice, my playing. And it wasn't him saying it's fine. It was, it was him saying, what don't you like about it? Think about it before you call this done. Yeah, because he's a step away from, uh, I'm, I'm singing and playing. Right. And so my head would go more technical of, oh, my, I didn't hit that note. Okay. Or I usually hit the, the vibrato yeah. on that last note on that, on that verse. And... Uh, or I just didn't like the flow of my vocals. It, they're just not right. Yeah. And he would make me get very specific on the whys. Mm. So it really made me listen. And, and learn also, about yourself probably too while you were doing this. Well, I, I had to detach myself from the technical, my technical right. head. And because he, on, on Lift Me Up, mm -hmm. there were a couple of tracks that... Uh, I actually won out on that one. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it as winning and losing. It's not that mm -hmm. at all. It's just that I felt so strong about the take, the track that I picked. Yeah. He liked another one. There was more emotion in it, mm. and my voice wasn't as strong as I wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. And I just really we we discussed it an entire afternoon. We must have listened to it fifty times. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. Let me hear it again. Yeah. And I, and he says, okay, you... That's a lot of work. Sit, yeah, you really, your ears yeah. can get so tired. And because it's day after day. Although we would take breaks because not everyone would be available. Mm -hmm. It's not like we went into the studio and worked five days in a row. Yeah. For, you know, some of those records that get recorded. Can you imagine? They walk in and they have an album after five days. It's Wouldn't crazy. that be cool? <laughs> yeah, Patty Griffin just did that on her uh, gospel album, Downtown Nashville, I believe, what it's called. It sounds like it, too. It's a great record. Yeah. Really, yeah. Five days. Wow, I love it. And, and, and she was exhausted, by the way. I'll bet. I'll yeah, bet. she was a wreck. Yeah. <laughs> that's her soul. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's one thing that I learned was to, to take myself uh, away from... Uh, Technically, mm -hmm. uh, what I heard in my voice, and try and stay in the emotional part of deciding what does, does the song work or not, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so the the process, you know, I can't really say that there's too much I learned other than I think you did. I I love the fact that I trusted Jim when we went into the studio because it was certainly the way to go. Yeah, you have to some you have to defer to someone. You can't have four and five heads in the pot because there's there's too many opinions. There's too many. Well, I like I like this oh, because I of this, I, and I think you should go that way with the vocals. Mm -hmm. I think you should put three harmonies on that. While this person is sitting here saying, "But I really think we need to." Just yeah, because keep that would be two. producing by committee, which exactly. doesn't work. Right. This sounds like it's more of a partnership. Yeah. 
So what we did was we didn't let a lot of people hear it. Oh. And I'm not sure if that was good or not. Yeah. Um, I let a few ears on it, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to stay focused on what we wanted to hear, Jimmy and I. Yeah. And uh, without outside opinions saying that yeah. sounds great or that's that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or why don't you you need another harmony yeah. on that? Or why don't you bring piano on that song? That was probably and, a smart move. Um, well, it worked for us. Yeah. You know, everyone works in their own ways, yeah. and and but we had, we sat down and discussed it. Yeah. And said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to the, this road. So as the project progressed we got the basic tracks and then he really flew with the instrumentation mm -hmm. I, I made lists I'm very organized in that way where I have my notebook and I had all the songs mm -hmm. and who I wanted to be on each song harmony nice. guitar fiddle dobro mandolin yeah. drums bass so all your pre-production work was all set in place so you knew what you wanted to do yeah. which is probably smart and Dave Gordon says when you walk in the door be rehearsed yeah you know, thank you Dave yeah. Because he was right. Yeah. He says, you don't want to get in here and waste a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a good thing. That's what Keith and Dan said, too, when I interviewed them. They said, just be, you know. Be prepared. Be prepared. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So I got all my notes together. I, Jimmy and, and Dave and I sat down and had a pre-production meeting. And, uh, and, of course, Jimmy and I listened and listened and listened mm -hmm. to all of the tracks. Yeah. And then at, and had a lot of discussions about which musicians we were going to bring in. And, and he certainly uh, heard beyond what I heard of, you know, I think a glockenspiel will work on dancing. You know, she's mm -hmm. dancing on the horizon, so yeah. let's bring in those bells and have mm -hmm. it a crescendo down to, as you're coming out of the chorus, she's dancing down through the stars. Mm -hmm. And he goes there, you know. He's yeah. he's very visual that way, and uh, and he played the glockenspiel. Nice. <laughs> it was beautiful. Right. <laughs> and then we had uh, Jesse Autumn play that beautiful uh, double strung harp. Oh, and, nice. Uh, so, um, so he really just went. He he was he did a great job with the instruments and and of course I came in with my basic. I want this, this, and this, and then yeah. he. And then he continued it on. So then we got into the mixing stage. And that was another month, month and a half of time. Mm -hmm. uh, brought Dave Bob Nielsen in and uh, got down to the wire of, I had that deadline. And that was probably good, be, or I would have gone, who, how, how many more months would I have gone? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe we should add this song. Right. Well, maybe we should put another instrument there. And so it was probably good to have that date as we have to be done by this. Yeah. When we got into the mixing, I sat down and said, "Okay." It's good to have. That's why it's good to have deadlines. You know, that way it is. You've got to be done by this time. It is. We got down to how many hours we had left for mixing in the month. Who was available? Yeah. How many days were they available? Um, so that organization really helped mm -hmm. to sit down and say, "Great, we've got." Uh, 56 hours that we have to spread over a month's time and that's all we have okay. uh, and it worked we got everybody on schedule and uh, and got it complete we were a bit pressed at the very end with the uh, the final 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 mixing and then getting mm -hmm. up to be mastered yeah. and then the Jared my son did all the art mm -hmm. for the for it's the a nice package 
I'm really happy with yeah. it. He's he's got a nice young, fresh mm-hmm. um, way. Um, I so like I, the, I think he did a nice. I job. like these trifold digit packs yeah. too. They're really they're really nice. Yeah, and, and and aren't there just thousands of decisions? It's like renovating a house. Yeah. In, in that in particular, okay, what kind of packaging do we want? Yeah. yeah. Um, where's the art going to go? What kind of art do we want? What kind? And of what art? kind of packaging can I afford? Well, yeah, there's that. There, yeah. So you call the three or four places and get all of the numbers and um, how long it's going to take. And mm-hmm. we're already into April. So you're kind of. I need it back by June. You're getting nervous about Kate Wolf coming up. Well, I actually had started, Sherry was a huge help mm-hmm. in, uh, okay, make sure by this date this is done and mm. and con- get all of your rights together and your copywriting. And, right. and so I would call her and she'd certainly help me mm-hmm. out with holding my hand. And <laughs> I think at the, I, I had to get some, if I needed you, I couldn't find the publishing information. Oh, and I needed to get it to uh, Sienna Digital. Right. And just... So they, so they had the okay to do duplication? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I learned that too on the... We did a Tom Petty cover on the first CD, and I went through Harry Fox, like everybody does, and it was it was actually... This particular song was actually copyrighted by Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, and Mike Campbell, so I had to track down their publishers. And they were like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ginny Mitchell and Sherry helped help me on, on, on that. That can be tricky. One of those songs. Thank God for Google. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think I had so much in my head at that point yeah. of, of things to get done. And it, and there's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Why do we do this? I don't know. <laughs> Let's do something else. We do it so we can get these CDs out. And okay. Let's see. Should I, uh, you want to hear... Do you have a request? Anything Boy. that you want to hear? I'd love to hear Live Forever. Okay, look, I'm right at the right tempo. I planned that. <laughs> Thank you.
I'd like Billy Joe Shaver to hear it. I was going to ask, if like, you've tried to get that to him. I'm going to. Yeah. He, it's on my list. I originally wrote him a letter. Who wrote the song, by the way, for the people listening? Yes. I wrote him asking, of course, for the permission. I wanted to go directly through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out where I could get a hold of him. and I'm sure he gets a lot of mail. Sure. So I wrote a nice little note. Hi. Hmm. I'm going to record your song. <laughs> I wanted you to have the money. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't have the money. So now I'm going to send him a CD and hopefully he'll mm-hmm. let me know if, if I honor him in any way. <laughs> I think you did. That's a great CD. And that was uh, Billy Joe Shaver and Eddie, that oh, his son, son that wrote that. I didn't know that. Yeah. They, wow. yeah. I usually say Billy. it's a Billy Joe Shaver Yeah, song, that's what I always thought. His son should get credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for playing. Yeah, thank you. It's really fun sitting at the kitchen table. The infamous kitchen table. A lot of people uh, have sat here now. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, it it has very good energy here. I think so. The the acoustics are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan and Kai sat in that chair last Monday. Oh, I love it. So it's still got good mojo on it. (laughs) Yay. Yay. They're rubbing the chair a little. Exactly. Get some of Dan's energy. And you're sitting out when it sounds like Keith over there. (laughs) Thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Michael. And you know, anytime you can get Sharon Allen and Sherry Austin playing in your camp, it's a good weekend. Once again, Sharon Allen kind of talking about her musical journey out to California, meeting Sherry Austin, what led to the evolution of the CD along the way, which you can get at Sharon Allen, Sharon-Allen.com. You can also find information about it at michaelgaither.com under the podcast notes for episodes 89 and 90. And I'll also put links to Sherry Austin's site. And I'll put links to um, the Strawberry Music Festival site, which is coming up. The festival's coming up the end of this month, and you can find out about that. I'm camping up there. If you want to come by and play, everybody's welcome. And uh, just I want to say thanks again to Sharon for giving me all her time and coming by the house and doing the kitchen table talk because I was really looking forward to doing this for a long time and kind of like documenting her story. So here it is for the whole Internet to see and listen to, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me see what else. Once again, the Redwood Mountain Fair, June 5th, with Sharon Allen and friends, Snail, Mary McCaslin, and me. I think I'm doing it as a trio. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's in Felton, California, on June 5th. And uh, coming up next on Songs and Stories, we'll be talking with singer-songwriter David Wilcox, the one and only David Wilcox. I talked to him recently when he was doing a run through town, and uh, he played for me and talked about the new record and You'll get to hear all about that in probably just a few weeks, so stay tuned for that. However you're getting this podcast, whether it's on my site, michaelgaither.com, or as a download through iTunes, or whether you're listening online at KC Cafe Radio or Grateful Dread Radio, I appreciate you tuning in and downloading and listening to this. And I think instead of closing with my usual bouncy theme music, I'm going to give you another sample off Sharon's CD. And one quick comment. Some folks have asked me why I don't put the complete songs in these these podcasts and really I don't like to make the whole song available as a download just as, a, as a courtesy to the artist because I don't usually do that, do that to mine either so uh, if you like what you hear support the artists go out to their, their sites and pick up the CD it's a nice way to support the arts so here's one more sample of Sharon Allen's CD along the way here is a beautiful little tune called Take My Hand thanks again for listening to Songs and Stories we'll talk to you next time with David Wilcox take care
Wash your teeth. 